Allentown, Bethlehem, Easton, and sometimes Mayas. Welcome to the Lehigh Valley with Love Podcast. continuing our COVID-19 series with Filament Innovations, which recently made a 3D mask donation to St. Luke's. I'm in. Yes. George, can you hear that the construction that's going on out there? No. All right. Cool. Good, good morning. Tyler, you seem to be lost. <laughs> I'm, in a, I'm in a library. <laughs> yes. No, it's just well, a bookshelf. Um, <laughs> it's a bookshelf full of books I've never... I've actually never seen before, so. <laughs> well, pick, pull one of those out real quick. First one. One of my favorites <laughs> is the uh, often celebrated The E-Myth. Yes. These are my dad's books. Why, why <laughs> most small businesses don't work and what to do about it. I probably should have read this when I you took should, over. You should probably, <laughs> yeah, you probably should. Read I it. think we, I, I wouldn't have to be in a basement right now. If I, if I <laughs> no, just read that book. We're really, really if you couldn't tell, because it takes so long to get to everybody. We're really excited for this interview. Um, you guys have had some, you know, everybody involved in this has had some national uh, attention here for good reason. And if you don't mind, I want you guys, if you could introduce yourselves, cause I don't want to get anything wrong. So Mike, if we could start with you, we'll go Mike, Ryan, Megan, just cause that's the way I see it on my screen. Yeah, Mike. sure. My name is Mike. My name is Mike Worski. I'm the owner and founder of Film Innovations. We are a large scale 3d printer manufacturer here in Lehigh Valley. Also, Ryan, uh, I just want to say uh, a big round of applause for yes. you, man. It's like super cool. Uh, all the stuff we've been reading. So thank no, you. Thank you. It's a million like, thank for, yous. for us though. It's definitely not all, all on us. I mean, there's mm -hmm. been a huge movement in the 3d printing initiative. Uh, Megan Augustine, who you'll meet here in a few yeah. seconds. She's been a huge, you know, she's really spearheaded the whole operation. So she should get a lot of credit as well for it. But thank you. Thank you. Sure. And, and Ryan, you're uh, you're from Bethlehem originally and you go to RIT. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So born and raised in Bethlehem. I'm in Bethlehem right now, but uh, I'm a second year mechanical engineering student at RIT. Um, but I work with Mike as well as a as a technician at FI. So Ryan, this is weird. I think I've interviewed interviewed you before. Did we do a really? video before you grad? Did you go to Liberty? I went to Freedom. You went to Freedom. I swear. I'm gonna circle I back on this. If I interviewed you in the library. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I remember Very that. Weird. I, when you graduated, in the interview. Hey, and we George, about, okay. real quick. Did anybody yeah. ever interview you in high school in the library? <laughs> No, maybe right? <laughs> probably not. I think we're, we're also, we got way smarter people that we're <laughs> yes. talking to. <laughs> I do feel a little intimidated. And to cap it off, we also have Megan. Megan, can you introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, thank you guys for having me. My name is Megan Augustine. I'm the network director for uh, St. Luke's University Health Network for the Simulation Center. Awesome. And thank you for coming on and taking time. I know it's, it's, it's very good. No, I just don't, I don't want I don't know you like these guys, so I don't want to say anything and get in trouble. Uh, no, thank cool. you. Seriously, cool. for taking time. Uh, really I think I've, you were in the, you were in the newspaper article too. Your picture was in the newspaper article, right? Yeah. Yes. 
We're a little, we're awesome. a little uh, starstruck right now, to be honest. Uh, me and Joe. Yeah, we have you know. famous people here. You guys have been on big news, and you're taking time to talk to us. So for people who aren't familiar, and we're going to kind of let you guys talk this out, if you want to jump in at any time and, and discuss with each other, can you kind of go over what, what – and I'll start with Mike. It, um, you know, What is a project that you just went through? Can you kind of describe it? When did it start, that sort of thing? And, and I'll yeah, let you take yeah. it away. So definitely, I would say, um, and, and Megan, please correct me if I'm wrong, maybe two, two and a half weeks ago, roughly, I reached out to Megan and I saw what was happening with the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, there were talks early on about a shortage of PPE. We saw that worldwide. I just reached out to Megan and I said, hey, you know, can we help? And there was really just left it like that. You know, what can we do to help St. Luke's during this time? And Megan came back to me uh, maybe a day or two, a couple of days later. I don't know. And we were, and she was telling me that there's going to be a mass shortage. You know, we're going to see masks. There's going to be a shortage of those. Can we 3D print them? I, I have no idea if we could 3D print the mask. I mean, so let's, let's figure this out. So we had a meeting with, uh, oh, hey, background. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Sorry. I just see someone going around the background. How you doing? And, um, and so uh, Megan and I just started talking. We reached out to, uh, to Ryan, and Ryan's eyes our CAD guy. We went through multiple iterations of masks with St. Luke's. This is something that uh, hats off to Megan and St. Luke's, taking it very, very seriously, and this is fantastic. There's a lot of open source files uh, being transferred around for 3D printing of masks, but they don't really – they're just designs. They haven't been field tested. There's no hospitals trying these out. They're just people designing them. And working with Megan and St. Luke's, we went through multiple iterations of a mask and we said, hey, is this going to work for a hospital? And I think what well, the multiple iterations we went through, the end result was, yes, we, I think we got one as far as I know. And Megan, maybe you could, you could tell me if I'm wrong or if I'm missing anything, please. No, and, and Mike's got it right. You know, Mike and I have worked together before. Um, you know, we have a, a small printer, a 3D printer um, that we've had for about the past two years that we do some things in our center with. Um, and so Mike's right. He reached out to me. Um, following, you know, this, this pandemic and, uh, um, you know, said, if you need anything in bulk, let me know. Um, and it was like a day later, I've been researching things, you know, for about a week or two prior to, and I said, Hey Mike, remember that time when you had said, if you need anything, well, you know, we're, we're kind of, we're kind of here. It's, it's that time. <laughs> so, um, I sent him a file and, and like you said, the open source, you know, 3D community is, is phenomenal. Um, but like you said, they're just open source files that haven't been tested. So we took a file off of, um, you know, the internet and we've made so many revisions and iterations to it, uh, tested it, made multiple prototypes over and over again with Mike's help and Ryan's help. Um, they've been phenomenal. Um, going back, getting feedback, um, you know, here internally at St. Luke's with our nurses, clinical staff, um, you know, trial and error back and forth. And it just kind of took off. It's something that's really, really important to us. And we want to make sure, um, you know, that it fits, that there's a seal, um, that, and that it works. Uh, and we want to, you know, make sure that the people on our front lines are really, really safe wearing this and that they trust in us to wear it. Uh, and Ryan, and what is like the pro Oh, sorry about that. Ryan, what is the process then um, for you, when you get a file, kind of for me, I have no idea how this stuff works. If you could kind of yeah. explain what you go through. Sure. Yeah. So I had, I had Mike give me a call. I was still at school at the time. Um, and Mike called me at like 1030 at night. And if Mike calls me past like 10 o'clock, some, something, something big is happening. So he called me and he said, Hey, we, we need to get some of these 
masks made. We have a file, but we need to make some changes. Um, we need this to be ready. We need this to be rock solid for St. Luke's. Um, so I hopped on my computer. I actually moved out the day after he called me. So I moved back home. Uh, and then the day after, Mike and I went back back and forth. Um, design tweaks. I have a like software on my computer where I can 3D model things and uh, and fun stuff like that. So I would make some changes, send it to Mike. Mike would print it, uh, fit it, test it, see what he he thought of it. Go back to me. I made changes again. We did that for like 48 hours between Sunday and Monday. Um, and by Tuesday morning, I think we had something for St. Luke's that was pretty decently ready to go. Uh, and we worked from there. So. And I just want to be clear that, you know, yeah. this is like, you're a college kid, right? And you get a phone yeah. call and like, I, I went to community college and I've got many phone calls. Not never. Was it like, Hey, do you want to be a hero? Like, are you ready to be a hero? Right. And yeah. so I'm like, kind of, nobody was like, Tyler, right would now. you like to save some lives? You're like, I, 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 literally, I have like goosebumps that this all came together. Like, and in a matter of what, four or five days, you guys got it rocking. Yeah, I mean, I got a, I got the call from Mike on Friday night, and I think Tuesday morning was when we really had something locked down. Uh, so like four days, not and even. Megan, I was moving. Well, one I of think those you're days, gonna so. you're gonna be a prime candidate for whatever job you you want post graduation. <laughs> I'm sure. But uh, appreciate that. So you, where where are you guys at right now with Matt? Like, are you are you are people using them? So we have people um, in our network that are getting fit tested with them. Um, you know, we have people, we still have um, the actual N95 masks and other masks that we're going through. Um, you know, we, we are holding off on these at the moment um, because we're going through our current stock um, and using these um, and we have them getting fit tested, um, you know, to make sure that they, they do fit and that they do have a seal. So um, we're, we're making still any revisions that are needed. Uh, Mike's printing them and we've been picking them up. And then so any changes or modifications, you know, uh, our, our clinical staff have to be masked all the time. Anybody in the hospital and anybody on campus have to be masked at all times. And so there's different styles of masks, obviously, you know, there's the surgical masks, um, you know, these replacement masks that, you know, we're, we're making. And there's the N95 masks. Uh, there's the masks with the face shields. Um, so yes, we do have some people wearing them. Um, and then we have people also getting fit tested with them as well. So that if, you know, when the time is right and then we do go to wearing these full time, we'll be ready for them. Is, is this something that, um, you can wear, like, could this be the future of masks? You know, like it seems like, it, do they last longer? What's the, there's gotta be some benefits, you know, that this could be something that gets adapted nationwide or worldwide. I, I'm going to be honest. I hope it, it's not the, you know, the, the future. I hope that, you know, the, you know, this was done because of the supply, you know, the global supply shortage. Um, uh -huh. um, if this were to happen, um, you know, we, we do currently have a serious problem on our hands. I mean, if we talk about the seriousness for it, um, it was done because of the global supply shortage. I mean, that, uh -huh. that's the reality of it. Um, and it's an unfortunate situation. Um, I hope this is just, um, you know, just, just for a short time, unfortunately, what that short time is, the reality is it could be a, a couple of months. Right. Um, and I don't like, and it's no offense to Mike at all, but I'm, you know, I don't think that, you know, a hospital wants like, this isn't the way that they want to go about procuring masks on a regular basis, but it's awesome that in this instance, it was able to get done. 
you know, right. and, well, you're, you're absolutely correct. I mean, that, and that's just it. I, I don't want this to be the future. It, and I say that, you know, and, and that's no offense to, you know, us, to Mike or and anything that helps any of these things that are happening with the 3D printing community. Um, this is, you know, just in place of because of the shortages, you know, whether it's the ventilator stuff, whether, you know, the other masks, the PAPR masks, the, you know, the PPE supply shortage in general. I hope this is just kind of it just just for a moment in time, you know, not yeah. a forever thing. And I think Tyler, like to the point that you have is maybe this, what we're seeing could be the future of 3D printing. You know, in general, maybe it's not specifically for masks, but now people see how right. sh they got, he got this file from the internet, you know, right. it, it's, and, and that's, I yeah, think it's, the, like, the it's, it's hard for me to get my mind around how, you know, like it's, and I'm, it's great, right? Like, thank God that something can happen so fast. And to make something from a printer, like, right. it, 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 it blows my mind, you know? And yeah. the fact that there's people that understand how to do it, like Mike, Ryan, you know, um, you know, Megan, like, I th it's a time that, you know, obviously there's great need, but we're super fortunate for people like them to be able yeah. to, you know, that Megan can call Mike and say, mm -hmm. hey, I need a favor. And it's a huge favor. And like the ball starts rolling, you know right. what I mean? And like, right, did, right. where, where, well, I was, I was just going to go into like, where, where are you at? Like, where is your actual space? Cause I don't even think we brought that up in the beginning. And that's my fault. So could you so kind of talk, like run through what, like run through for people who aren't familiar with 3d printing. I mean, I know it to a degree, but can you kind of run through what you guys do there then? Yeah. So our, we're up in North Whitehall actually. Uh, our facility is actually on my on my house. We um, own a little piece of farmland up here, and we actually have one shop. And we're in the process of building a second shop for some administrative stuff for right now. And what we're doing is we're building larger scale three D printers targeting you know, like small, medium sized businesses who want to jump into three D printing, but they want a high quality product. They want it designed in America. They want it built in America using as many American supplies as we can. That isn't going to cost them a hundred, hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So what we do, because we're a small shop, we can come in at a lower price point and still give you those high quality industrial components you would get off a, say, a larger, you know, bigger company and still give you a good product at a great price. And what we're doing here, just to, you know, kind of piggyback off what Megan said about 3D printing, I'm very transparent about 3D printing, what Film Innovations is. I try to be as transparent as possible. And this is definitely not the future for mass production of masks. And that's just because 3D printing, the best way to describe a 3D printer is just another tool in your toolbox. You know, it's no different than your screwdrivers, your welders, your vacuums, whatever. It's just another tool to have there. And in an emergency like this, what we're having, this is where 3D printing comes in. You know, we cannot mass produce these masks on, you know, the same way you can mass produce something and make it for 10 cents and make a million of them in a right. few hours. You know, <laughs> this is just, this is literally on-demand manufacturing. So you have to look at a 3D printer as a tool. Like right now I need a mask from that tool and that tool can make a mask. Maybe I need a screwdriver or a wrench, you know, you know, and, and you know, you could print one, you know, it's not gonna really going to work, but you guys can see where I'm going with here. It's a tool that can do an on-demand manufacturing. And right now the crisis is, you know, PPE and now 3D printers can be called online to make as much PPE as possible. Will it ever get to the level of a mass production, like an injection molding scale? I don't know. I, I think we're far away from that, to be honest. But to be able to have a machine that could do rapid prototyping and, and it's down the street, and it's right here in Lehigh Valley, right? Right. Yeah, and we're doing and this Ryan, all here in the valley. So, Ryan, talk about like you're doing this stuff. I'm assuming you're you're pulling some long nights. You know, where your parents like, what are you up to? 
And you're just like, oh, nothing. You know, the usual, <laughs> just, you know, saving the world, things like that. Um, no, no, it, it was interesting. I mean, it was, it was pretty chaotic. Um, I had just gotten back from my spring break and school was going online and things were shifting and campus was closing. So there's a lot going on. So in a short period of time, I was like, hi, I'm coming home. And I don't even know if if this came up to, to them at all until I got home and I was like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm designing some masks for uh, St. Luke's. Um, but uh, no, it's been, it's been a really interesting experience. And, and along the lines that I think what everyone's been saying, it's been really cool to see how 3D printing has had, had its place in all this. Um, an unfortunate circumstance, of course, but uh, the rallying that 3D, printer, 3D printers and people who have 3D printers um, have done in this space, I think it's really interesting because it's always been something that's there and people talk about it. It's always, it's like one of those things that everyone knows. It's like, mm. oh yeah, I know what 3D, like I know what 3D printing is. Um, but it's super cool to see where it, when you need some, there's this instant need for things like this. And they're just people who are like, I mean, I have a 3D printer in my basement. I have a 3D printer like on my desk at home. It's like, what do you need? Can I do something? And I think it's been really cool to see everyone to show up in their own ways um, and do their part, which I think is awesome. I would probably just like 3D print like those little, like whatever you lose all the time. Like you could probably 3D trinkets. print like that, that Lego my daughter needs or something. Um, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but also, yeah, Megan, Megan. Yeah, uh, go ahead. You, I was just going to say, I, can I just say something? I think that's a great like segue. I mean, and, and going what Ryan was saying, you know, these, these masks can only be done on certain printers and, and that's where, you know, Mike and his team come into play. But, you know, for the person that has a 3D printer on, on their, you know, in their desk or, you know, in their basement or something, that's something where the community um, in this Valley has been phenomenal and has been really instrumental, you know, just to piggyback and, and help St. Luke's in, in other ways, you know, so what they have been doing for us um, because they wanted to help with the masks but couldn't because of not having that printer or maybe not having the right type of filament. Um, they have been able to help us in other ways. You know, we've been looking at, um, you know, for not these masks, um, but maybe with these masks with the headband um, or the cotton masks that the, you know, they're the cloth masks that the community has been doing. Um, they can print um, the extension pieces to help, you know, get the, the, the elastic off the ears, you know, so they can do that on their printer, you know, with the common PLA filament. And that's where they can brush off that 3D printer or instead of printing the Lego, you know, stuff off of, um, you know, for their kids or something, they're willing to help us. And, and that's just, you know, it's not just a 3D community, it's our community. And, and they've been phenomenal with that, which is just awesome to see. Yeah, that was my other question. You know, working in at St. Luke's, you have you been surprised, and has it been like comforting to see the rallying of the community? You know, you know, in in this time, like, is it like I know some nurses, right? And I know you know they're you know people are have their anxieties and concerns, but also they're talking a lot about how they're just blown away by how many of these companies and people like Mike and Ryan are stepping up. To, to the plate yeah it's um it's it, the outpouring of support um you know without like getting you know kind of you know choked up and and you know the more seriousness side of it is is just it's overwhelming it's 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 more than you know obviously anything i've ever seen um you know and everybody wants to do their you know part so you know having to stay in and stuff and maybe that's a part of it they want to be a part of it and Hopefully we never see anything like this in our lives again. I, I hope to God that that's the case. 
Um, so, um, you know, to be a part of something positive, you know, it, it's, it's amazing to see it. And, and, you know, when you want to see and, and see the positivity in it and um, shine a light in it, it's, it is amazing. I'm surprised. No, um, yeah. to be a part of it. Yeah, it is. It is kind of neat. And what and on, I, on, on that end, like not everybody is as capable as Mike or Ryan to produce masks or what can people do to help right now? Is it as simple as just some people? Sh it's just staying home, right? And yeah, yeah, stay home, please, uh, please, please. You know, we urge you to, to absolutely stay home. Um, the the more that they stay home and, and listen, you know, to the doctors and and you know what the medical experts are telling us, the quicker you know that we will certainly overcome this. Um, so absolutely, one hundred percent, stay home. And if they're willing to help, they can certainly go to our website. Um, you know, our website is, there's a lot of expert information on our website just about COVID-19 in general. Um, if they want to help um, in terms of donations um, or looking to lend a hand in that sense, um, whether it's with making masks, um, not the 3D masks, but other types of masks, we have information on there, like I said, general donation stuff. And then we're working with um, our experts here and our team here um, in getting a page up for 3D stuff specifically. So, some of the stuff that we're looking at, um, in addition to the 3D masks, like I said, the head extensions, we also need some stethoscopes. And so we've been 3D printing stethoscopes, which is, um, you know, there's a shortage of stethoscopes. Um, yes, you can actually 3D print a stethoscope and it works. So another amazing thing where, you know, 3D comes into play into the medical field. Um, so we're going to get a site up that will put the STL files online and, you know, if they have the right filament, they can print those files, uh, submit them to us, and we'll assemble and test it and get it out to the people in need here at St. Luke's. That's awesome. And I know I, everybody has a, a schedule here, so I just want to say, Mike, we're definitely going to have you back on because I want to talk more 3D printing stuff. Absolutely. I don't think we can talk about here. Um, how can people... <laughs> Probably uh, illegal. What you're, well, you're asking is <laughs> no, most no, likely no, going to no. be illegal. So. Absolutely not. Uh, but how can people help you? Is there any way? So we we haven't done like a donation page or a GoFundMe or stuff like that. We we thought about that, but right now, I mean, if people want to help, it's I guess kind of what Megan says: just just stay at home. I mean, I know that's not helping us directly, but it's helping the cause overall. We we're very fortunate. Uh, we already have our letters out to our suppliers that we can keep operation. We can get raw materials in. We're not here asking for any financial donations. You know, FI is, is doing this. Um, I already talked to Megan from some St. Luke's about possibly, you know, we're not charging St. Luke's. Like, we're not looking to profit off this. We're, FI is, is taking on these costs. We're not looking to profit on this. So we're, we're just doing the right thing. I mean, we're, we're just doing the right thing. We're, we're okay here. We're, we're chugging along. You know, we got our, all of our printers running. We're just getting it done. Sure. And I, well, I think, you know, I want to say thank you, of course, to, yeah. to all of you guys. This is crazy that... Well, it's crazy we're in this situation, but it's really heartwarming to see people step up and to really step up. Like, Ryan, I know you're a student. I Honestly, your parents should be really, really proud of you. And 20 years from now, you're going to look back at this, and you know I think it's going to be something that you really are proud of. And um, I just want to say thank you, uh, and yeah. thank you to, to you guys for doing the stuff on the front lines that needs to be done, and, and it's just amazing that you're doing it. So thank you. Um, but yeah, Megan and everybody, thank you so much. If, if is it mystlukes.org? Is that correct? They can go to it's it's sluhn.org. 
sluhn.org and we'll be sure to put that in all of the um and the stuff under the video so thank you guys when, when we get through this when this is all you know we're past it we could meet for a uh uh, a beer, Ryan. I'll get. We'll get you like a cranberry juice, or I don't know if you're. Sounds good. Early you gotta wait until after October for that. <laughs> yeah. <one>. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway. so, yes. Everybody, stay healthy and thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys. Have a great day. Thank you, Megan. Thank you guys. Bye bye. Throughout your life, you've worked hard to save money and build wealth, while at the same time providing for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Working with Walter Investment Partners of Janie Montgomery Scott will help you create a financial blueprint designed to address your needs for planning, protecting, and preserving assets for you and your future generations. The sooner you begin, the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your financial plan will be at work for you and your family. Contact us today. We look forward to working with you. Next up, we have Amy Cozy, who's the Chief Registrar for Northampton County. Might have to confirm that a vote for the pandemic to end. <laughs> I don't know if that's how it works, Tyler. I wish it's how it worked. Put it as a referendum question on the ballot. Please. If any, so, I don't care what party the person is. If they can end the pandemic, I'll. they have my vote. Wait, what Saturday is this? Is this number four? Yep. Is this fourth Saturday? So we're here on the, the morning of the fourth Saturday, I think. Tyler, we're here with Amy Cozy. Cozy, Cozy. The chief registrar for Northampton County. You think I'd know that by now? Um, thank you for joining us, Amy. How's famously, it going? famously of the uh, of the cakes. Formerly. Formerly. Wait, is that all <laughs> gone? Also totally. Like well, you don't do cakes at all. I mean, definitely, totally gone now. Nobody's getting married in the middle of the pandemic. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I just think I always think it's fun because when we had you on last time, you talked about on the podcast, you talked about how you went from kind of getting upset about parking meters to launching into pol politics. And now, like, did you expect to be where you are? Um, I know. <laughs> it's didn't. just because I was but, reading up again. I was checking, like looking at the article when you were appointed to the position you're in now. And I'm reading. I'm like, wow, this is a big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to be a county employee. County government, it's very important. I feel yeah, like it is. it is. Well, honestly, it is. If you think, like, it's people yeah. don't understand that as much. You know, when you think of politics and elections, you really you think of, like, the presidential election. But in terms of directly affecting our lives in the community, the co county government is way – more of a daily has more of a daily impact. Sure. Yeah, the federal government has essentially nothing to do with uh, how we vote here in PA. So yeah, which is fun because we're all fighting about you know what's going on in the national <laughs> level. And if you if you gave like a little bit of an iota of that on the on the local level, you probably move mountains. But that's another conversation <laughs> for another day. And I guess know. what? We're gonna have plenty of we days. Have, we'll, we'll have that conversation. So. Amy, is, is, we were talking a little bit about this before we started. There's a lot of confusion probably, and I'm not even going to add to that by saying anything, but there's confusion <laughs> about the elections. What is going on? Can you give us an idea, like a clean slate here? What should we know? What changes have happened? What should Northampton County voters be aware of? I'm going to let you kind of take it for a little bit. 
So the, obviously the biggest change is the fact that they moved the date of the primary election to June 2nd. So the, we are no longer uh, voting on April 28th. That has been moved to June 2nd officially. So if you show up to vote on April 28th, you will be dis disappointed. Uh, so make sure you make a note of that. June 2nd is the new date of the election. Um, we also changed uh, five five voting laws in Pennsylvania this year because they felt like new voting equipment wasn't quite enough for us. Is that, is that like a lot to change a lot of? Or is that like a normal thing? Oh, it is a lot? We really okay. haven't changed any election laws since 1937. This is a lot. I think maybe it's so that probably would be a lot. time then. <laughs> probably. Uh, you'd think they would have like maybe gradually done some of this <laughs> stuff, but you know. Not so much. Yeah, let's do it all. Is this, is, is this something to do with like the voting machine kind of fiasco that happened? So uh, this has to sort of, but uh, the voting machine situation, that was a result of a Jill Stein lawsuit. Okay. Uh, and she sued Pennsylvania. So everybody in Pennsylvania had to get new voting machines that had a paper trail. Oh. So every county in Pennsylvania will be new, using new voting equipment for 22 counties for the first time in this upcoming election. I love how the politicians want to treat the voter as if they're a criminal. <laughs> if I need to see a paper trail, follow them, follow the money, but I, don't do it to me. Well, it's not the voter. I think they're, they're more concerned about Russians. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm cool with that. Anything that's something, that. you know, that's crazy too, that you think about, okay. When you think about that kind of stuff, right. On, and it's on a national level. You forget that it has to happen, like kind of under our noses for it to happen. Oh yeah, right. Like, yeah. just like that's like, you know, if there's going to be well, interference with an election, it's got to happen. We we definitely people feel whatever bubble they're in. Like I was reading some story the other week. I can't remember exactly, but it came down to like there was an FBI informant who like lived in the Lehigh Valley and. And you would never know that sort of thing. You'd think, oh, things like that don't happen here. But, yeah, it's like yeah. the world is here. It's not, you know, out, it's not in Jersey. Right. But I so, yeah, new law. be scared. There's no evidence that any voting equipment has ever been hacked or anything like that. There's a lot of buzz about that. I think people uh -huh. need to calm down. The media needs to calm down a little bit. Um, we actually, in November, I've, you know, I'm sure people have heard we had some trouble with our new voting equipment and actually had a hand count. <laughs> that's, that's what I was talking about. That's the, that's the fiasco I was talking about. Yeah, so we hand counted all 60,000 paper ballots. Um, so we proved that the paper backup works. So Can I ask you a question? And I don't know, why is it more reliable to order a Wawa on a touchscreen than it is to cast a vote? Tyler, you're coming um, really hard today. Like, a <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will. I can assure the voting public, at least in Northampton County, that uh, the voting equipment has been fixed and recalibrated, and we are all good it's a, moving forward. It's a joke. I know. I, I, I can joke with Amy because I know she's. I know. It's like Tyler. Tyler woke up today. He's like investigative journalism. <laughs> you think asking a question about? I just wanted no, to mention I'm not, Wawa. I'm not, you're right. You're right. Okay. For our unofficial sponsor, and you're getting mad at me that I wedged in a Wawa meatball sandwich. No, I have to give Sheets credit, though. Did you see Sheets gave away uh, meals to kids on Thursday? Anybody? That nobody was going to buy them. Well, regardless, <laughs> I have I gave Sheets total props. I can't make fun of them for a while. So, um, Amy, we're we're looking at June June 
Is that is that kind of is that up in the air too? Is that a, a, a tentative no, date? Or? The, they voted on it. It passed the House and Senate. The governor signed it. Uh, so that's official. I mean, that's not to say they're going to change their minds again. We right, still yeah. have in Ohio and Wisconsin. They changed their mind like the day. That's kind of days uh, wishful thinking, right? Like, I'm not wishful thinking, but that's a that's a good goal to be able to be out be able to be voting June in the early June. That's well, I, I think too, we're going to talk about, cause we were talking about the laws and then we talked about Wawa for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, no, 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 it's fine. I just, but what are the, cause you said there were five new laws. So can we kind of like go over what the, or the ones that would affect people directly, I guess. Yeah. So the, obviously the major change is no excuse. Mail-in voting is now available in Pennsylvania. So we've never, what had, does that mean? Had absentee voting, but you had to have an excuse. Now, okay. anybody can vote by mail without an excuse. You have a 50-day window to apply and get uh, your ballot back in. So that's going to be huge. And just as a, a point of reference, in 2016 for the primary, um, we had 1,600 people vote absentee. This year, I'm already at 11,000 fill-in ballot requests. What do, you, so, what do you attribute that spike to? Um, well, a lot of it is because you don't need an excuse anymore. People don't want to, we know there's long lines in presidential years. People don't want to go out and wait in line. I don't blame them. Um, we, there's a pandemic. <laughs> People don't want to yeah. go out in public in general. Um, so it's just convenience. Do you uh, think that that's a sign of, uh, down the road, almost all voting will be done kind of in I, our homes? I think it's probably going to head in that direction. I know there's a lot of talk. People are saying, uh, you know, just mail everybody a ballot, given the climate of things that are happening now. And uh, I'd also like to mention that it's not that simple. <laughs> mail everybody a ballot. Uh, Washington State, who does all mail-in elections, it took them five years to do that, to get to that point. You know, this is something we can throw together in, in two months' time. Right, because so, there's sorry, probably... we're not sending everybody ballots, but... What's stopping, you know, me from going over to get grab George's mail and voting for him, right? Like, right, so that's why there's... Yeah, don't vote for process. me. <laughs> <laughs> you have to apply for it, then we'll send it to you. You send it back with a, a, an affidavit, you know, mm -hmm. saying you are the person filling it out. Right. Uh, but that, I mean... I don't know how much you can talk to this, but having more mail-in voting would theoretically you could have more voting then because then people who would not have voted before, maybe, I, I don't know, like they had an excuse, but it didn't meet the criteria, but it was still valid. Yeah, they worked, you know, all day and they didn't have time to get to the, the polls or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would, I would suspect that this will turn out more people. Uh, I hope it does. That, mm -hmm. That's the intention of the law is to make voting more accessible to people. So um, I think that it will do just that. Do you and know like, the percentage? Sorry, go ahead. Do you know like what the percentage of people that actually vote are? Like, is it like, or is it even allowed it, to be said? It depends on the type of election. Uh, like in November, we had unprecedented turnout for a municipal year which a lot of people don't vote in. So that was a 30% turnout, which is a lot. For a really? Week. That's, is that still seems like th it's that's 30% of the uh, of, uh, like people that can vote voted. Yeah. It still seems like, yeah, should be the, it should be like, at least like if that's our, if that's like our one thing we have, you, I mean, do you know who, what is the, that they're, they have elections more than every four years. Yeah. <laughs> we have them twice a year, every year. 
Yeah. I just thought of this. We I know that older people vote more like in higher numbers or percentages. What is the 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 demographic that's the lowest percentage? Do we know that? Is it like twenty year olds? Um, or is it more? It, it's changing. Definitely, um, I would say I I believe under thirty is probably the lowest turnout demographic. Yes, yeah, interesting. Because then I don't know. I just remember when I was in my twenties, like all the those people my age were like, oh, you got to vote and make sure. Maybe it's just that they're telling you that because you don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, no, they that don't. <laughs> they're not reliable. They, they vote in presidential. Like, for this is a great example. So we have. Yeah, they're not going to vote in the mayoral race. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a, um, a polling location in South Bethlehem, and it has about 3,500 registered voters in that polling precinct, which is a lot. Um, but they have some of the lowest turnouts in any given year, you know, maybe 400 people will vote. And that's because they're mostly Lehigh students. But in a presidential year, you know, we'll have 80% turnout and all of a sudden, you know, we'll have an explosion in that polling location. So it shows you very specifically in a concentrated way that they only well, vote. It's like, weird, too, because yeah. I didn't care too much about, I mean, I, you know, I care about these people, but, like, our state representatives, when you're 20-something, you're not necessarily worried, like, what are they doing? You know, I'm worried about who the president is and the, the big stuff. But then, as I got older, I realized how much more important, like you were saying, local government is, and then you realize why you need They're to vote. They're drawing lines. Yeah. <laughs> They're drawing the lines for our, our Congress people. <laughs> But when you're 20, it's like, yeah, I don't want to. Who cares about that? I want to vote for the, the sexy thing, the, the presidential. You know, that's what I meant. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm trying to say Donald Trump is sexy, George. Is that saying is that the, the office? I'm saying okay. the office. All right. No, no, no that's fine. Sexy. It's all good. Maybe not yeah, our like president judging, himself. Man, everybody. So beyond office. beyond the uh, the mail-in ballot, are, are there any other ones? Um, so you can turn in your mail-in ballot, you can apply up to a week before the election to get one, and you can turn it in up until 8 p.m. on election day. So you have to turn it in to the uh, voter registration office, um, and if you apply for a mail-in ballot, you cannot vote at your polling location. So you can't apply for one, and then you're like, oh, well, I forgot to fill it out, I'll just go to my polling location on election day and vote, you can't. Okay. So once you apply for that ballot, that's it. You got to return that ballot to our office. But you can okay. also come in and apply and vote and turn it in all in one stop too. So you can just come to us and early vote in person uh, anytime between that. Well, we're close to the public right now. But oh yeah, yeah. If, if the courthouse opens up back to the public, you will be able to vote at any time that's convenient for you. So if you basically if you sign up for a mail in, you have to mail it in. You can't. Yeah. You can't. Just be like, ah, I, didn't, I, I was going to mail it in, but I... You, you can go, if you don't turn it in, you can go to your polling location and they'll issue a provisional va- a provisional ballot, but that doesn't get counted until several days after the election and only if it's a close race. So if you apply for a ballot, it's best to turn in mm-hmm. the ballot that you applied for. And this is <clears throat> this is kind of a question, you know, it's not, I mean, it, it's not directly of your concern because you're kind of working, you know, for the for Northampton County, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's bipartisan. Uh, yep. But you did run for something. I did. Has that, has this time uh, affected people campaign, campaigning? Oh, running? yeah. I mean, people can't knock on doors. 
people yeah. are yeah. not wanting to ask people for money right now. What's the vibe of people run, like candidates running? Like, are they kind of like, well, what, what's going on? Like, That's a great question, Tyler. So we, uh, since we, we, only have one local uh, race that we deal with in our office this time around. Uh, Republicans have uh, committee people up for election, so that's the only local office on the ballot. Everything else is at the state or federal level, so we're not dealing with it a whole lot uh, on our end. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're pretty quiet at the office as far as any of that stuff goes because. Well, you're I think, Tyler, you talked about, or Amy, you said it too, like you don't really want to ask people for money right now. And you're kind of, it's tough to, like, what do you campaign on when everybody's concerned about what's going on right. with the <clears throat> pandemic? So you're going to talk about, like, some other topic that they're like, really? Like, yeah, we have a yeah. deadly virus going. So I could see how it could be difficult to kind of stay in a groove. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine being a candidate in this climate. And I don't really yeah. know what, what you do at this uh -huh. time. Well, so what's, what's your day like? What's your day-to-day? -day? How are you coping personally, you know, with what's going on? We are... You, I, I know a little bit about... I, I, I know you well enough to know that you're, you like to be social, right? You like to be out. And, you I mean, you ran a campaign, so you were on people's doors, like, talking to people. Right, so yeah. now you're stuck inside. I'm also actually a raging introvert, so this okay. is like really, really great for me. Yeah. <laughs> really Rage, I've never heard raging introvert. That's, that's I like that. I'm using that. I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this has been kind of like something I've been training for for years. <laughs> <laughs> so I've that's kind of how I. That's kind of how I felt when I talked to. My wife and this all started. I'm like, we didn't really change anything other than yeah. I don't, I don't leave the house now. I come home and I drink. And yeah. <laughs> well, that's like everybody's like, how are you dealing with it? I'm like, I don't mind. I could do this if if you took away the whole there being a deadly virus, and you're like, you just got to stay in your house. Like that's totally fine. I'm my, cool. With my that. favorite thing is how there's you know you stand having a drink at night. Uh, like there's so many local distilleries or what like they can deliver to your doorstep, which I thought, I mean, I, I, I hope it's legal because I did it a couple of times, but like Christmas city, city spirits. Like it's just fun that people are adapting so quickly into this. This is not fun, but how can it at least kind of make it somewhat enjoyable while we all, like there's some Facebook groups. I don't know if you've seen that are absolutely insane. Yeah. There's like a virtual George, dive bar to, one to, I'm in, and it's like I have to correct I, you. If you're referring to Lehigh Valley with love, that's been around for a long time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah. I, you invite you invited me to a Facebook group of the virtual happy hour. It's yeah. Kind of Tiger King theme. Totally is, insane stuff. Going people on. are in there just do. I'm like, and and the funny, I'm looking. I'm like, they're all local, so I love them all. But it, they're just like doing the craziest stuff in there. So you're Amy. You're you're home. You you got you got a couple kids. Are you were, were you teaching at all? Uh, no. I mean, my kids are pretty self sufficient. They've been doing good uh, getting the work done on their own, which is is good since I'm still kind of going into work most days a week. Oh, really? You're going in? Oh yeah. She's yeah. essential. It's it's uh, it's pretty much us and the deputies and the custodians. <laughs> what what's that environment like? Um, is everybody it's okay. masked up? I mean, I, I think uh, it's very quiet because the public's not allowed in the courthouse right now, and a lot of the other departments are closed. But it's kind of spooky. It's like it, a, a quiet courtroom is like the scariest thing. 
Yeah, yeah, courts are out. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, but my office is operating as normal. We have to. We're preparing for an yeah. election that we can't change again. Right. That we have no control over changing. So, yeah, we're we're in there working every day, processing mail and ballot applications and voter registration. Oh, voter <laughs> registration—that's the other thing. You can register okay. to vote up until 15 days before the election. It used to be 30, so that's. That's big too. Okay. Before we get too far, because I have a very important question to ask after this. If somebody's saying, okay, this is great, but where do I get this information? Where do they go? The easiest thing to do is to go to votespa.com. You can apply for a mail-in ballot there. You can register to vote there. You can update your registration. It's a primary, so you can only vote in this election if you're a Democrat or a Republican. So if you need to change your uh, party affiliation to make sure that you can vote, you can do that. It takes so no independent. Uh, the only independents that can vote this election are in Upper Nazareth because we have a library referendum on that ballot, uh, and anybody can vote on that. But other than that, you have to be a Republican or Democrat to vote this time around. I vote yes in the library. I like library. John, I, so I'm very um, curious about, because sometimes when we go vote, it's very, I, I can't ever complain, it's down the street. No, it's not even down the street, it's across the street. It takes two seconds. It's always great. But sometimes there aren't enough stickers. How do we, like, fix this problem? Because I it's really... I certainly like, attest to the fact that we bought, we overbought the amount of stickers that we need for this election. There, everyone gets a sticker. You get a sticker. You get a sticker. <laughs> Everybody's getting a sticker. Anybody that shows up, you yeah, know. Because we, you know how the world works now. If, if there's, you can't prove that you voted, you ain't going to vote. Right. Well, if you didn't get, yeah, if you didn't get a sticker, did you even? I think that yeah. that whole phenomenon is good, though. Like it, it kind of you're bullying people into voting, and it's fun. Like when I get my I, when I voted and I didn't get a sticker, it was a much worse experience than when I come out of there with a sticker. And I don't, I don't know what that I've ever got a sticker. Person, That's science. But yeah. I've never got a sticker, and I've I've gone early. <laughs> I you're think gone. there's just. I personally placed the order this time, so I know every every precinct is getting. What about mail-in thing? Do they get a sticker when? Oh no! Oh, also, man. probably won't get COVID. So <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, yeah. right. that that's the next step, Tyler. We're gonna come up with some way they can get stickers when they do their mail-in ballot. A virtual sticker. But or we'll, we'll send them virtually like zoom you, them I would love to give them a high five. And you can go around the county and deliver them. <laughs> I'm in. So. Yeah, I mean, we, we want to make sure we thank you for taking time. I know that you're still working, and a lot of the people who are interviewing aren't. So, can, um, I, make a, can I make a couple pleas to the? Oh my god, please! Okay. We'll, we'll shut up. Go ahead. <laughs> um, no, obviously, we are. Uh, our office is a little stressed right now because we're losing poll workers. Obviously, a lot of our poll workers are of an, a high risk demographic. Um, so if there's anybody out there who's not working and healthy and wants to help us out on election day, you do get paid and compensated. Uh, we are looking for poll workers. We're down, we're, we're at a huge deficit right now as far as that goes. We know that we're gonna have polling locations drop out on us. Uh, good news, Pennsylvania just adjusted the law. We can vote in bars again. <laughs> we can vote places where they serve alcohol. So if there's that any seems dangerous. I'm going to be honest. That seems if there's wait, any whoa, 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 whoa. That down and want to be a polling location. Uh, to, is there a breathalyzer before you cast the vote? Like, well, this is not the first thing we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can't drive home, but you can choose the 
little, little back up, back up. the state legislature threw in for us to help us out. Find, find when, so this is a new law. It, they just, yeah. So you were just going to gonna not tell us about this one. Okay. <laughs> I don't they like that. Yeah. You got to read the room, Amy. You, this is, this is huge info for people <laughs> like me and George. So explain this to me. You know a lot of people who own bars, so we need polling locations. So. <laughs> no, this is the best idea ever. I, like, my mind is just, so how does a how does a bar go about becoming a polling place? Call, call our office. Call me. Uh, we'll, we'll get you set up. I mean, like, can you imagine you go in and vote, and then after you vote, you're in, you know, the bar, and you come there's a lot of like, there's a lot of things I'm imagining. With, uh, there's a couple scenarios playing out in my head right now, and I love all of them. I'm gonna I'm be making some phone. I'm making phone calls when we hang up. <laughs> so, yeah, no, yeah. I better get a sticker the, at a bar. If I don't get a sticker, that thing's going. What are the rules with that? What are the rules with that? I think we're in an era where rules are out the window. <laughs> but we'll the, find out when you apply. People should be aware. Like, if you're not currently voting in a school or a municipal building of some kind, uh, they can't pull out on us. But if you're voting in a private location, like a, a church or a privately owned community center or something like that, there's a good chance they might pull out on us. So, but can there be more? Hard say telling you where you have to go. So your polling location is probably going to change between now right. and day two. And because I yeah, mine's I used to go to a church and now I go to a different church. So how does that work? Does one just say we don't want to be a polling place anymore? Is that yeah? So we send out contracts every year, and uh, you know sometimes we just have a location that says, hey, we don't want to do this anymore, and then we're charged with finding another location. Oh, this, so we, this. we expect that is probably going to happen starting soon. Um, given <laughs> I love it. I think it's but, better than being at a church. That was always oh, kind of weird to me, to be honest. Yeah, you, no, my, this changed my whole day. Like, my whole day has <laughs> changed now. I am so glad. <laughs> no, Although, like, I'm, for George. Poll workers and polling locations. Help us okay. out, guys. And where do they get, where do they, if they want to do that, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, you can go to the county website or our elections website. There's a, a place on there where you can uh, sign so up. So just Google Google elections Northampton County. Yeah. yeah. Northamptoncounty.org. You can find us through there. Or you can just call our office. You can email us elections at northamptoncounty.org um, and, and reach out and we'll, we will get you assigned and signed up. The, the election bar crawl is about to happen. <laughs> Well, like if you come out, only allowed to go in a polling location if you vote there. So yeah, well, you start here. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna make a bar crawl. <laughs> it starts at the bar that you can vote at because you need to be sober and you need to make a, a yes, good decision. sober decision. And then we'll go to the other bars, and then uh, we'll end up back at the voting bar and congratulate everybody. Everyone voting. else. And we'll hand out stickers. We'll hand out <laughs> stickers. But they're not going to be voting stickers. They're just yeah. random stickers that we have accumulated. We'll just get a, a bunch of gold stars from – just put them on people. I, is, I appreciate you participating in, in this civil service. <laughs> anything, Look, see, anything I can do. Just try to give back. We're, we're just trying to help the county that we love and, and live in. Um. So, Amy, thank you so much. Uh, we'll well, make I just sure got that one we... more. I have a question. Oh, we have Amy. one more. All right, sorry. Are you, are you missing the 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 baking? No, I I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm so busy with everything that's going on with this, and I love it. It's it's awesome. It's a it's a definite change of pace, but I really enjoy what I do. It's a little stressful in times like this, but 
I so you're not like in your downtime baking some stuff to to to. to I was doing people. it a little bit on the side here and there, but you know, obviously nope. everything is canceled. Tyler, so. uh, Tyler, like five years ago, Amy made me RoboCop cupcakes, I and know. I still have the top of like the sugar top of one of them. I've like I saved it. Well, I have a friend. Like, my look, friend, yeah. he. Uh, He's from here, but oh, he lives. No. He, he he met. He went. He like traveled abroad, like yeah. in college, and he met a girl in London. They, he lives in London, and they were coming oh. home uh, in April. It's like, he was like, on. "Can you get me, Amy? Can you get cozy cakes to make me a cake?" And I'm like, "I don't know, man. Is she gone?" Hold on. Yeah, but that's okay. I can just edit this. She. It's okay. Hold on. Let me. I'm gonna give her the invite again, and then we can just close out. I'll I'll kick her out. Oh. Yeah, did, so my did, did I tell you my friend my friend uh from here, he moved to London with his he got married and moved to London and he has a baby and he's been living in London for a while and he he listens to the podcast and he was like, "Can you He's like, "We're coming back for his daughter's birthday." can you get cozy cakes to make a cake? We really want a cozy cakes cake. And I'm like, I don't know, man. He's like, you got to do it. You got to, you got to talk her into doing it. <laughs> it's so, like he's retired. But, One yeah, day, no. you know, I think, you know, maybe after she goes down her, her lustrous career, She'll get back into it. Like you'll retire one day and, and be like, you know what? I'll, I'll start up with the cupcakes again. And you're open. <laughs> it's like, it's like when a, like a, like a, a super famous rock star goes on like they they'll like play they'll announce a show and in seconds like the whole like stadium sold out. That's how it's gonna be when he's like I'm back. I'm gonna make a couple cakes again. I'll make a couple cakes and the phones will be ringing off the hook. All right. Well, well, this was fun and don't worry. I'll yeah. We'll we'll clean it up so there's no (laughs) where you dropped out. We'll we'll take care of that. Um, thank you so much. This was enlightening. Honestly, because I didn't know a lot of that stuff and the bar thing, I'm not even kidding. I want to look into it because why not? Like if it's a possibility, that's really cool. And and nobody knows about it. So we're going to announce it in in this, um, (laughs) this is going out to announce that. My boss is going to be so excited about it. Well, thank you. And thank him and thank all you guys who are, you know, still in there for a second after we close up. Thank you to everyone who listened to these podcasts. Please know that we will have more of them. And you can check out our YouTube. Uh, Just search Leah Valley with Love on YouTube or Google, and you'll find all these. They're also on our Facebook page. If you want to be a part of them, please email us at info at lehighvalleywithlovemedia.com. That also goes if you want to sponsor or get more involved or have Lehigh Valley with Love Media help you out with your social media and digital needs. Thank you, and be safe.